Welcome to Raise the Line from Osmosis.org, seeking solutions with leading experts on how to increase healthcare capacity so people can get the care they need during the COVID-19 crisis and beyond. In this special episode, we'll be talking to one of the winners of the 2020 Osmosis Raise the Line Faculty Awards. Only five were selected out of hundreds of nominations we received. Osmosis's engagement manager, Lindsay Smith, sat down with each of them to ask about their career, their methods, and their advice for future healthcare providers. Dr. Pavlik, thank you so much for joining us, and congratulations on receiving one of the first Raise the Line Faculty Awards. Please go ahead and introduce yourself. Sure. Uh, my name is uh, Raymond Pavlik. I work for the Physician Assistant Program at A.T. Still University in Arizona. I have a PhD in physiology from the University of California, Davis, and I've been educating PA students since 1997. Great. Tell us a little bit about your background. What got you started in your career? So uh, when I was an undergraduate uh, many, many years ago, um, I thought I was going to medical school. Um, I worked as an ER tech um, for a number of years uh, leading up to the time that I had to make a decision um, to whether or not I was actually going to go to medical school. And uh, while I was a student, I started tutoring and I enjoyed teaching and, and developed a passion for that. So I was kind of left with a quandary of, okay, do I go to medical school? or do I go and get my PhD and think about a career in teaching? So I applied to both programs, hoping that I would get into one and not the other, and the decision would be made for me by default. Didn't work out that way. Um, I, I got into to both types of schools, and so I had to decide myself. <laughs> and um, I went the way of, of getting my, my PhD. Um, I did my undergraduate at University of California, Davis, so I ended up staying there and, and getting my doctorate as well. And um, I knew early on that, that I did not want to be a lab rat and, and carve out a career in research. I, I really enjoyed the teaching end of it. So um, when I finished my doctorate, I started to apply to programs, and or I should say I started to apply to institutions that had a teaching mission focus. And... Um, I landed here in Phoenix um, working for a university called Grand Canyon University, um, and then it was two short years later after that that I joined ATSU. Can you speak about who inspired you or what got you into teaching? Yeah, you know, I, uh, it, it kind of goes back to those days in undergrad again. You know, I, part of the way that I figured out that I enjoyed teaching is that when I would sit in class, um, I would watch how my professors taught. I, I, I was learning whatever subject they were teaching, but I found myself paying attention to, to their approach. And I was just fascinated by how different approaches existed amongst all these people they were trying to teach me. You know, one person would do it this way, another person would do it that way. And I think that the person that influenced me the most was uh, a, a general chemistry professor. His name um, was Dr. Wood, Fred Wood. And I, I had freshman chemistry with him in this big lecture hall, 600 students. And, and I was just amazed how he would slowly learn everyone's name in, in this huge lecture hall. And when someone raised their hand, 
and asked a question, if he knew their name, he would, he would say it. And I was like, how is he doing that? How is he picking out people in this huge lecture hall? And people gravitated toward him. You know, they would go to office hours, they would introduce themselves. And he was just a master at how he paced himself, the approach that he took, like I said, being personable, knowing people's name, the way that he explained things. I just thought it was the coolest thing. And um, I, I think that's kind of what got me started about thinking in regards to a career in, in teaching. Um, he, he was kind of the one that, that got me really, again, comparing himself to, to other people <laughs> and, and how they taught. So I, I kind of look back, you know, to those early years. And, and I, I think in many ways, I model myself after what he did. Um, but, you know, there's a lot of other people, too, that, that certainly influence you. You, you kind of take a little bit from this person, a little bit from that person, and, and you kind of mold it into how you want to approach being, being an educator. So, Fred Wood. Yeah, I don't know, don't know where Fred is. I uh, um, don't know if he's still teaching or if he's retired. So many of the professors that, that I had, you know, back in the late 1980s when I was in undergrad have certainly retired. Some have passed away. Um, but. You know, I, I still make it back to UC Davis to visit at least once a year to catch up with some friends. Yeah, my, my folks still live in, in Sacramento. So when I go back to, to visit them, I, I make a side trip to Davis all the time to see how things are there. That's awesome. Okay, I'm going to read an excerpt from one of your nominations. Dr. Pavlik has a gift for teaching and connecting with students. He has skillfully broken down difficult concepts into understandable information. Dr. Pavlik fully embodies the open arms value. From day one, he invited participation and responded to our countless questions and concerns about material and curriculum. I was very nervous about tackling pharmacology, but Dr. Pavlik made the topic interesting, approachable, and memorable, and prepared us with resources we can reference as we enter clinic. How does that make you feel? No, it's very humbling. Um... Absolutely. Um, you know, I've told some of my colleagues at ATSU that, that have, you know, congratulated me. I, I always say, well, it, it's nothing that I did. It's an embodiment of the students that we recruit. I mean, they're very thoughtful. They um, really uh, enjoy working with us. I love being able to spend time with the students in the classroom. Of course, that's been a challenge this year with COVID, with so much online instruction that, that's going on right now. Um, but you know, when, when, you, when you teach first year students, um, you kind of always have to remember what it's like to be in their shoes. So, you know, the way that I, I teach is, is I just have to constantly remember that a lot of students are hearing about this content or this material for the first time. And so you have to put it in a, in a way that, that they can understand it and digest it and piece it together. Um, you know, again, going back to that earlier question, you know, and, and the response that I had about watching other instructors, you know, it's very easy as an expert in something to, to just start to lose people. You know, you're up here and they're down here. And, um, you know, I think one of the things that, that, makes it easier for students to learn, makes them comfortable is, is to, again, you know, bring it down to their level and then slowly ratchet it up to, to a point where, you know, they get more advanced with their understanding and, and how they're, you know, able to, to utilize that information. So, um, you know, the, the students 
are going to be working with healthcare providers, or I should say, they're going to be working with patients one day as healthcare providers. And, you know, my message to them is, is always to, to pay it forward. You know, if you really appreciate the way that, that I work with you and the way that, that I treat you, that's what I want you to do with the patients in your future career. Um, so, you know, it's nice to get thanked. It's nice to, to, to get, um, you know, nominated and, and all of that. Um, but ultimately, I, I want them to, to just pay it forward to those patients that that's who they're going to touch the most. Our six core values are start with the heart, spread joy, have each other's backs, imagine more, open your arms and reach further. Which one jumps out at you? Yeah, you know, I would say it's probably spread the joy, like you said, um, you know, with the environment that, that we have been in, in, in most of my classes now having been in the Zoom format, um, it, it's really easy to get down on yourself. It's really easy to feel isolated. Um, so I think throughout this year, when our new class started up in July, we have tried to find ways to spread the joy. <laughs> um, and so I, I think that's what's kept all of us going. Um, I know the students have really had a lot of fun in seeing our houses, seeing our pets, um, seeing our spouses. Um, you know, I, I think one of the uh, uh, rewards in all of this is, is you know, they, they kind of get introduced to our outside life a little bit more, which I know, you know, some people aren't as comfortable doing that. I, I've never had those, those problems um, or, or concerns. You know, again, I, I think it helps students to identify with you more. Um, but yeah, you know, the, 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 the ability to spread the joy has probably been more important than ever with, with our students because, again, they, they're spending a lot of time in their apartments. They're spending a lot of time in isolation, away from others. Um, you know, I think I remember telling uh, one of our colleagues at Osmosis, uh, I think it was Amber, you know, we, we've also created some little dance videos for the students um, and things like that. So, you know, whatever it takes, you know, to, to keep their attention, keep them um, wanting to learn, keep them reminded as to why they're doing this. Um, yeah, I think that spread the joy has been more important than ever. <laughs> COVID has brought unique challenges to everyone. What has your personal experiences been like? Yeah, that's a great question. You know, I, I think, um, through all of this, I, I think one of the things that I've learned is that, you know, even though you, you don't have the physical contact in the classroom, even though you cannot see body language as well as you could in the classroom, um, there are still effective ways to, to teach. Um, you know, again, I, I think students connect with people um, no matter what environment you're in. I mean, as long as, as you demonstrate a passion, as long as you demonstrate a command of what you're talking about. And again, some of those things we discussed earlier, you know, you're responsive, you're, you're caring, you go the extra mile. Um, you know, all that can come through on camera. Um, it's not as easy, I think. Um, but, you know, if you're still the same person that you are when you're in the classroom as you are on Zoom, that that's going to come through and you know students are very adaptable i mean um you know as i get older and older I, I get more set in my ways and i remember what it was like to be more flexible when you're younger um and and that certainly is is what has carried the students i mean despite all of this they're, they're still learning they're still plowing ahead 
Um, they're, they're still interested, obviously, in, in becoming a, a PA. Um, so I think I've learned, you know, a lot of, of how resilient um, we all are, you know, as instructors, as students, um, as coworkers. Um, you know, we, we, we still have those same values. We still have the same mission, the same drive um, to, to just, you know, again, move, move forward. And, and, you know, eventually this will, this will pass just like everything else does. Um, and, and we, you know, I think we, we've also learned that, that we've become um, closer in some ways in that regard, too. You know, again, it, it, you can't wrap your arms around somebody and hug them, but, you know, the, the message, like I said, still comes through. So. so what's next for you? What are you and your team looking forward to doing in the coming months and years? Well, I'm definitely looking forward to meeting the students in person because I have not done that. We, 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 um, we had our new class that started in July. And, um, you know, the only things that, that happen on campus with the students are labs, and, and I don't teach any of the, the laboratory components of, of the curriculum. Um, so I'm definitely looking forward to meeting people in person um, instead of by, by camera. Um, you know, I think I'm also just, just looking forward to, you know, kind of getting back your identity in some ways. Um, you know, as I tell my wife, it, it's like, you know, yeah, you're still kind of doing the same thing, but man, when you're home all the time, you, you kind of lose track of time, what day it is. Um, you know, it, it, it's just, everything is turned so upside down. Um, but yeah, I, I look forward to the time we, we, we get back on campus. Um, we, we can see each other. We, we can do more things. You know, I think one of the things that I miss are, are some of the extracurricular activities that we do with students. You know, things like fundraising, adopting families at holiday time, you know, where we can go out into the community and, and do these kinds of things. And, and certainly COVID has, has limited all of that. I mean, it, it's just been a piece that, you know, has been, you know, taken off to the side and, and not really been able to, to do much. Um, so I, I always like those relationships that you can build with students outside the classroom just as much as is inside. And, and that outside part, like I said, has kind of been non-existent. So. So we're a teaching company. We love to fill knowledge gaps. Is there any topic you'd like to educate our audience about? Anything, your personal experiences or the PA programs at A.T. Stills University? Um, well, you know, I, I, you kind of maybe have just nailed it there with, with the suggestion you just made. I mean, you know, I'm not a PA. I, uh, like I said, have a PhD. So, um, but I've spent so much time in, in the PA community um, the last 20 years or so as an educator. And PAs are wonderful people. I, I mean, not that doctors aren't, that they are. Um, but I just find that, that the physician assistants are, are just some of the most down to earth uh, individuals. They clearly really love to spend time with patients. Um, they, they work really hard. Um, and they're qualified in what they do. You know, I, I know that there's always scenarios that PAs go through where they walk into a room and they introduce themselves and people are like, well, what does that mean? You're just the assistant. I want to see the real doctor. Um, you know, that's, that's a common kind of thing that goes on in the PA world. And, and uh, you know, I think what a lot of the public may not understand, um, like I said, is just how qualified PAs are. Um, that they feel a tremendous need in our healthcare system. They are well qualified, well trained, um, and in many ways, you know, these are folks that that, that really have the heart to want to do medicine. Um, you know, they 
usually end up going into the PA arena for a lot of different reasons, um, other than, you know, wanting to go to medical school that, that, you know, we get the list all the time when we interview folks, but, um, yeah, PAs, uh, I, like I said, I, I, I wish people understood more of what they do and that comes with time and educating people. Uh, but, but they are a tremendous asset to, to the healthcare system. What advice would you give people finishing medical school and entering the medical field during this pandemic? It goes back to something we talked a little bit earlier about always paying it forward. Um, you know, I think as a society, um, you know, the way that, that, that we hold on to our values is, is we make sure we pass those on um, to the next person and the next person and the next person. And, you know, like I said before, it, it's great to receive the award. I, I will, you know, always cherish the, uh, the fact that, um, that I was nominated and, and that I won. Um, but it goes back to those reasons that, that students chose me. I, I want them to, you know, not pay it forward to me, but pay it forward, like I said, to those, to those patients. Um, you know, that, that's what's going to um, really make the next generation and the next generation of PAs um, that much more, more solid. Um, so, you know, I think you always have to remember why you got into medicine in the first place. Uh, and so when patients come first and everything is centered around them, um, then, then, you know, <laughs> um, you know why you're doing it and, and why you chose the profession that, that they did. Excellent. Well, thank you, Raymond. Anything you'd like to add? Anyone you'd like to thank? No, no, God. I mean, thanks to, again, to all the students. They, uh, they're the joy of why we, we come to work and why we do what we do. Um, you know, a shout out to all my colleagues at ATSU. We, we have the, the, the best team that I think one could ever assemble in our department, uh, both faculty and, and staff. Um, you know, our upper administration is always supportive of, of our efforts. And so, you know, I can honestly say that, that you know, the 20 plus years that I've spent at, at ATSU have been very rewarding and, and I couldn't have chosen a, a better place to uh, to develop my career. For more information on how you can help raise the line and flatten the curve, go to osmosis.org slash COVID-19. If you like this podcast, please share it on your social channels. You can also subscribe to the series and check out all of our podcasts at osmosis.org slash raise the line podcast. <laughs>